Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast from Wembley, where Amanda Musgrove joined by Newcastle United writer Kieran Kelly and our Newcastle United editor Aaron Stokes. We're leaving Wembley now. We've just sat through the press conferences and a couple of interviews with the players. Obviously, uh, the reaction is that they're devastated to, to lose the final 2-0 to Manchester United. Didn't necessarily play it poorly, but didn't really do anything all that special. Um, Aaron, just your, your initial thoughts to that game. Yeah, look, disappointing to, to come away after such a good weekend off the pitch and all this sort of pre-match hope and atmosphere and all that. But I think, look, it goes back to the fact that we've been saying all week, Newcastle, but underdogs, Manchester United are in a, such a rich vein of form. They've got such a deep squad that they can just pluck into. Um so yeah, look, disappointing. I'm sure that there'll be time for a full debrief in the next couple of days. You know, they can sort of work out where's wrong. But I just think, as I've just been saying, you know, off off air, um, that it was just that double whammy. Six minutes in the first half, knocked the wind out of our sails, out the players' sails, even out the fans. To be fair, because obviously before that they were the life until the party. But there'll be more chances, there'll be more opportunities, and yeah, just a just a disappointing evening, I'm afraid. Yeah, the fans were brilliant from start to finish and really emotional at the end. You know, a couple of minutes left, 2-0 down. You know, uh, even the, the most optimistic fan isn't uh, going to see Newcastle getting back into that. But the flags came up. The flags they used right at the start of the game, black and white flags, Kieran. When them flags came up, that was a, a real emotional moment and it just showed you how much Newcastle United fans valued this experience here at Wembley and how much you know they just love their team. Oh yeah, was, uh, I mean Wembley's seen some special things, but but that's right up there. I mean, you if you were an alien landing on planet Earth, you would have thought it was Newcastle United about to win the cup and end their years of her fifty-four years, of course, as it goes on. Um, it, I've not I've not seen anything like that personally. Um, I think the players will have taken such heart from that. Certainly, the the reaction after the game as well. So many fans stay behind to clap them off and. I know Newcastle have been here before. I know, you know, people will remember 99, 98, going back further. But it does feel a little different. I, I do feel this is very much a start of a new era. It's 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 not the end of, of an era. They, they will come back stronger. I think it's, it's pretty rare a team, you know, 24 years on from their last final can come in and win it first time round. You know, they need that experience as painful as it will be. For those players to watch Manchester United lift the trophy is painful as a reminder those runners-up medals will be if they've even kept them. Um, I think the the real benefit from this in the long run, it's, it's another step, potentially. I mean, you felt just one goal would, would maybe open the game up for Newcastle. Um, and they had a couple of chances at maximum force to get into, into a good save. Dan Byrne headed wide. And there were a couple of blocks in, in the second half. And I guess, you know, we've been talking about this for, for many weeks now. They're not creating too many chances. And when the chances do come their way, they're not finishing them. And that was maybe the downfall again this afternoon. Yeah, look, they had, you know, a lot of the ball. They had a lot of the ball in Manchester United's final third. But in that second half, you never really felt like they were going to score. You know, it was sort of, they lack that final pass. They lack that sort of killer instinct. Callum Wilson, for whatever reason, just isn't the same player that he was before the World Cup. Isaac. I'm not too sure, you know, where his best position is or where he how wants to use him. Does he use him at the very, very tip of the attack? Does he use him as sort of a second striker or a number 10? I'm not sure. So it's not a new thing. We know, obviously, since Boxing Day, really, 
since that big Leicester win. They've struggled to, you know, blow teams away. They've struggled for goals. Um, and, you know, I did ask Eddie Howe at the end of the press conference as to what he sort of feels his best team is. He says it's always changing. But I look at this team and I don't think you see, you know, three players in that team that you know are going to start every week in attack. So it's it's maybe a little problem that he needs to solve for the second half of the season. Um but you mentioned the chances there. On another day, that Maxi chance goes in, that Dan Byrne header goes in, that Jacob Murphy rocket at the end goes in, and it's a different game. Manchester United took their chances today, and Newcastle didn't, and that's the bottom line. Uh, just a quick word, Aaron, on, on Isaac. You know, lots of debate prior to whether he should have started today. I felt he should have done, obviously. Eddie Howe went for Callum Wilson. Then Isaac comes off the bench, half-time for Sean Longstaff. And he seemed, in my opinion at least, to be Argon Newcastle's best player in that second half. Driving with intent, looking to create and just wanting to go forward, which is something they kind of lacked in that first half. Did Eddie Howe make the right call by not starting Alexander Isak today? I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing and I'll be completely honest, when I saw the team sheet and saw Callum Wilson was starting, I had no problem with that because, you know, on his day, he's probably the right man to start, but... You know, Alexander Isak came off the bench at half-time. They changed the shape. They moved, um, you know, him in the number 10 role. And instantly give the team a lift. He was positive. He was direct. He was, you know, he was really trying to get things going. Um, so, yeah, if, if Eddie Howe could, you know, rewind three or four hours, maybe he would say, right, maybe Isak's the man. But um, we're yet to really see Isak play week in, week out in that number nine role. You know, he's, he's still probably got a little bit way to go to fully dislodge Callum Wilson from that um, position but Wilson needs to start scoring again because this run is continuing of him just not looking himself and there's only so long that Howe can sort of persist with him in this vein of form especially when Isaac's starting to knock on the door Keeping just a word on that on the two goals and Newcastle that you concede as we mentioned their six minutes cost them and again another set piece where they've, they've not you know got ahead on it and cleared it Fabian Scher let his man run you know we some might say, well, he took a nasty blow to the head 10 minutes before. Maybe he shouldn't even been on the pitch. That's a discussion for um, another time. But if you're Eddie Howe, you'll be disappointed to concede yet another goal that you know has been similar in, in previous weeks. Yeah, massively. It's, it's just, as you guys were touching on there, you know, how a minute earlier, Sam Maxman has that chance. Yes, it's a brilliant save from David De Gea, but... It's a totally different game if he takes that chance. And, and you're even thinking, even after that opportunity, if Newcastle just got to half time at 0 0, they had made such an encouraging start. I think that opening half hour, considering a lot of the players hadn't played in this sort of stage before, literally hadn't played at Wembley, a lot of them, uh, it was really encouraging. And, and as you say, for a set piece, when Newcastle traditionally under Howe have been so good defending set pieces, but whether it's attacking set pieces or defending set pieces, it's just not been working lately. And, and that's a real area of concern kind of sums up how the team have stuttered really you know the earlier this season all those set piece routines were working so well they weren't conceding sloppy goals whereas now you know it's the opposite and like you say Cher beaten in the air really by Casemiro who's not known for for scoring let alone scoring headed goals that was a big one I think the second goal as well you know get to half time one nil you can regroup but to concede it so quickly, two goals in six minutes, it, it was it left them with a mountain to climb. And you look at the build-up, Veghorst has so much time to, to bring the ball forward. They're backpedaling. They almost don't think he's going to pull off that pass. And then Rashford, when he's in on goal like that, it's so difficult to stop him. And I know Botman does well to, to get a foot in it, but it's deflected in. And, and 
there was always a chance of that happening when Rashford is through like that. So it's disappointing. I think the worry is defensively they look vulnerable. They're not keeping clean sheets. And going forward, they're not scoring goals. I mean, I think the stat is they've only scored two goals in a game twice in 2023. Um, those aren't, that isn't a good combination. They, they need to change that soon. I think if my research is right, it's only three goals in the Premier League in 2023, which shows you the issue. My um, United, when Newcastle were starting to try and throw everything at it, then they made some defensive um, substitutes and then they brought on, on Sancho as well. I mean, that is one thing My United have in their, their, their locker, one thing Newcastle don't have, and that's squad depth. And not just depth, but quality to bring off the bench as well. Yeah, it's ironic how, how poorly they've spent money in recent years. You know, naturally they have to get a few signs right, don't they? But yeah, it, it shows the bridge Newcastle still have to to claw back. Um, you know, it was, it was interesting. Diego Dallo was really in trouble against some Maxman early doors. He got that yellow card. I think it was nine minutes in. They had the luxury of being able to take him off at halftime. You know, stop him getting sent off, and they bring on Arnwan Basaka, who, you know, as as far as an alternative go, I don't know if there are many better backup right-backs in the Premier League. So it shows you the, the challenge Newcastle face. I mean, aside from, um, you know, you look at the changes they made, there, there weren't many game-changers he could throw on aside from Isaac, And that's been a, a recurring theme. Even you look at that squad, aside from the goalkeeping situation, it was, it was pretty much a fully fit outfield squad. I know Joe Willock couldn't start, but they had options there. But time and time again, we're seeing there's some games where they just need that bit of spark, that bit of quality, they don't always have it to throw off the bench. Just a quick word on Carrius. Obviously, came in. It was all about redemption for him. A couple of good saves. Couldn't do anything about the goals, Aaron. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm pleased for him personally that there wasn't, you know, a big clangor that caught the headlines. Um, I thought he did okay. He made some very, very good stops. That uh, Weghurst effort was a fantastic save um, to deny him. So yeah, good performance. Whether we'll ever see him in any Cast United shirt again, I'm not too sure, but he's certainly done himself no harm. Um, and yeah, I'm just glad that there wasn't sort of this headline sealer moment from him that sort of lost it for Newcastle. And uh, just finally, before we wrap up, Bruno back in the side, you know, you saw the level. He was he was different class again today. Yeah, he just makes this team tick. He, he calmed the nerves in the first 10 minutes because he was so composed. He was wanting the ball. He was asking for it. Newcastle just look a different, different team totally when he's in the team. Um, he's been a big miss. Eddie Howe did say in the press conference that he's got a little bit of an ankle injury. I think suffered after he picked up that knock. Yeah, definitely. They sort of lost their shape. They lost that sort of dominance in the middle. Um, and you've just got to hope now that whatever knock he's picked up isn't too serious and he's back from Man City on Saturday. This has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. We're just about to get on the tube here at Wembley Park. I think what we can take from this game is Newcastle United have reached their first final in 24 years. Hopefully there'll be much more to come. Good not to be bringing the whole, the cup back home to Tyneside, but uh, maybe now they can pick up the form in the league. And I think, just finally, guys, the fact that Newcastle were four points off the relegation zone, I think you were saying Kieran on the way out here at this time last season, they're battling for top four in a cup final. They've missed out, but didn't do themselves. You know, they weren't, they weren't bad. Um, I think it's a positive to take. So we'll sign off now, you know, searching for the positives from this cup final. But from Wembley, from me, Aaron and Kieran, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, remember, hit subscribe and enjoy the rest of your evening. <laughs>